Hey everyone, Cliff here. We're going to be posting our regular coronavirus news brief a little bit later on today, but in the meantime, we wanted to bring you some additional coverage. The reporting you're about to hear comes from WRL's nightly 7 p.m. newscast, and of course, if you want more uh, at any time, you can go to WRL.com for in-depth coverage on the ongoing pandemic. Again, we'll be back in just a little while with our usual news brief. Thanks for listening. A trend in coronavirus cases captured the governor's attention today. The rise in Hispanic cases. 67% of cases in Durham last month were members of the Hispanic or Latinx community. WREL's Leslie Moreno is live at the Durham Public Health Department with a closer look on what may be causing this trend. Leslie? And Deborah, that number is quite alarming. Hispanic organizations say this demographic is being hit the hardest for many reasons, but mostly because of existing health disparities. According to the census, Hispanics make up over 13 percent of Durham County's population. But just last month, they made up 67 percent of the county's COVID-19 cases. The line of work our community does could be one of the factors because they are more exposed. El Centro Hispano in Durham says one of the main problems they're seeing is many in the Hispanic community don't know how to navigate the system. But a lot of these resources are online. Uh, some of them are a little cumber- cumbersome to get the information. So it's not as easy as, you know, call this number and do this and that. The language barrier is also an issue. Jennifer Morales recently lost her sister to COVID-19. She was the only English speaker in her home, and she had to be the interpreter for her family during such a difficult time. Sometimes I, I'm, you know, I'm not very perfect at translating which sometimes can make it difficult um, for me to translate um, the right information. The lack of job security and trust are also contributing factors. I've heard of them that they're afraid of to go to um, certain sites to get um, their testing due to fear of immigration and any other stuff like that. And Durham public health officials say they are working closely with community partners to engage with the Latinx community and figure out a way to bring that number down. Deborah, Leslie Moreno, live in Durham. Thanks, Leslie. The spike seen in Durham's Hispanic community is just one of the hurdles to fully reopening North Carolina. Today, Secretary of Health and Human Services Dr. Mandy Cohen spoke with our David Crabtree about several headlines you've seen in recent days, including a crackdown at a North Carolina racetrack. It's a conversation you will only see on WRAL. I want to begin with your office issuing an abatement order requiring the A Speedway to shut down. This appears to be the most drastic action yet. Tell us what this order means and why issue it now. Well, we've known for a very long time that we need to work together to slow the spread of the virus in North Carolina. And all of our individual actions and those actions of businesses um, help us keep that virus level low. And so we do have ongoing restrictions, particularly around mass gatherings. Um, Mass gatherings are something that we know um, has the potential to spread the virus far and wide, unfortunately. Um, And so we have continued restrictions and a speedway has continued to have folks gather in the thousands, somewhere between like two and four thousand over the last number of weekends. And 
I'm concerned. Um, we're continuing to be concerned about the hazard that can come with bringing folks together uh, like that with, with uh, no face covering, no social distancing, and none of the other protocols. Um, there are many, many businesses who are working incredibly hard to keep their customers safe, um, their patrons safe, um, and you know, flagrant violations of those uh, those rules and restrictions puts all of us in jeopardy. Um, not just the people who go to that event, right? Because then they go back to their communities, could be spreading virus without knowing it, and it goes from there. And, and as I read through this, I found it interesting that your office and the governor did not come down on this organization with a hammer. You said, present a plan to us. Uh, yeah. We're not looking to cause you a problem. We're looking to avoid a problem. Exactly. Look, we've worked we're in close coordination with the organization at NASCAR, for example, to run a very important uh, race for them, the Coca-Cola 600. I think they did a terrific job putting together a detailed plan, executing on that plan, um, they, and they did it without spectators. Um, and then they kept their drivers and the workers there uh, safe by using face coverings. You even saw in interviews they were they were mm -hmm. doing that and having social distance. So this is possible. And so I said, so work with us, work with us. Um, we know that there is a solution we can find together. You know, just uh, 24 hours or so ago, you and the governor both said you were concerned, very concerned about what you're seeing in the metrics, the trending at this time. And you're encouraging more people to get tested, including those who attended protests, such as the governor. We are encouraging everyone to get tested if you've had an exposure. Now, that may be a protest or another mass gathering, because um, we know those are happening um, around our state. And so any mass gathering or protest, that should be considered an exposure. Also, if you work in settings that we know are higher risk, things like even a grocery store or a restaurant, um, we want to make sure folks are getting tested, not just when they have symptoms. If you have symptoms, absolutely get a test. But even when you don't have symptoms, we want to make sure folks are getting tested. And I, I do know the governor is going to be getting um, a test as well, because right, we all need to take uh, ownership here and make sure we're doing things that we can do to uh, protect the folks around us. You know, thousands of people were protesting. There are thousands of people at that raceway. Uh, if there were to be a surge in people wanting testing, can the state handle that now? Yes, we've worked very hard in ramping up our capacity to be able to test, and we continue to do that. So we're not done. Um, we know we have additional capacity we need to build. The state is buying some of that capacity on our own. We're working with partners, our health systems, our FQHCs, our local health departments to continue to build that. But right now, we don't see any waits uh, for, for getting testing or to process samples at the lab. So. We feel like we have good capacity right now. There's over 400 sites on our website that folks can go mm -hmm. and check out where they might be able to go get tested. I'm sure you've seen the back and forth messaging with the World Health Organization regarding mm -hmm. asymptomatic spread. After saying mm -hmm. this type of spread was rare, contracting the CDC this morning, they clarified saying it's really unknown. How can you clear up that confusion? Yeah, that was an unfortunate, I think, parsing of words um, that that got 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 out of control. And I realize the WHO is trying to to make sure that they're clarifying it. You know what that scientist at WHO was trying to explain is that some people will be spreading the virus before they have symptoms, and some people will be spreading the virus and they'll never get symptoms. But the issue is we don't know who, who is spreading virus and, and not, and will they develop symptoms or not. The issue is, is you can be spreading virus 
without knowing it. And that's really what is so hard about COVID-19 and why I think we are seeing so much spread as we move around is that people can feel completely fine and they are spreading it to other people. Now, they may ultimately develop symptoms. And I think that's what the the WHO was saying is is those folks may go on Mm -hmm. to develop symptoms. But for the few days even before they develop symptoms, they feel fine. And then and they're spreading COVID-19. That's an that's a big problem. Still ahead, why restaurants and breweries are allowed to reopen in North Carolina, but bars are not. More of our conversation with Dr. Mandy Cohen coming up. Only on WRAL News. I thought you gave a very demonstrative answer regarding keeping gyms closed for now because of how uh, when you're breathing hard, you're working out, droplets can be spread even at a longer distance. They're putting more people potentially at risk. Yet our inboxes, and probably yours too, are filled every day with bar owners or people wanting to go to bars saying, hold on. This is an area, if you have a bar and a restaurant, restaurants are open, bar owners telling us they can take the responsibility that they need to, as laid out by the state, to keep people safe. To those bar owners, explain to them why you believe at this time they should remain closed. So we wanted to take a more modest step forward. We had already started to see, even just from phase one, Our numbers had a little bit up and the trends head in the wrong direction. So now we wanted to make sure that as we moved into phase two and we were taking on these higher risk activities, we wanted the opportunity to see where our numbers go um, as we did that. And unfortunately, what we are seeing, we are two weeks out, just maybe a couple days more Mm -hmm. from the start of phase two. And we are seeing our trends go in the wrong direction. I was I was pretty strong yesterday in saying I am concerned about that. Um, and so when you think about bars in particular, right, the, the nature of, of going to bars is to be social and be around people and close together. Uh, it tends to have less structured table uh, service like a restaurant would have. Um, we've seen a number of published studies about transmission within bars. And look, we all know that when you go to bars and you have some alcohol in your system, following the rules isn't always as um, as, as, as possible uh, when when uh, when there's alcohol involved. You know, so look, I don't think it's it's impossible to get to a place where where we have the restrictions in place and we can move forward to that. I think we just want to see our numbers and make sure our trends continue to stay in a place where we we can, for example, focus on getting our schools open. So, right, it's a matter of prioritization because we can't do all things because we have COVID-19 with us. It's going to be with us until we get a vaccine. Uh, give me some perspective on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the worst. Where do you place Ooh. your concern now of seeing the numbers rise, particularly of the percentage positive of testing. Yeah. So look, I, I, I definitely, I am concerned, um, and it's, and it's an. I, I want us to take early action, right? I, I don't want to get to a ten when I'm really worried because what I worry if I get to that ten, it might be too late, right? Because this virus worked so quickly. And by, and by too late, I mean, if we I was at a 10 of worry, I'd worry we were going to be overwhelming our healthcare system mm-hmm. so that it wasn't there for folks, not only who have COVID-19, but who may be hit by a car or have a, have a heart attack. So I don't want to ever get to a 10. The issue is we need to 
raise raise the level of concern early so we get our arms around it so we never get to, to those levels. Um, and so I'm trying to raise sort of an early warning single, because not only do I see our percent positive tests go up, our number of hospitalizations go up. So that's telling me more people are, are becoming seriously ill in North Carolina with COVID-19, and we have to take that into account. Now, we have hospital capacity, we have ICU capacity. So I'm, I, I'm not... I'm not a 10 uh, in terms of concern, but I think we need to step up our efforts. We can't get complacent um, and we need to think about those important activities we want to get back to, like opening schools uh, in person. And those are the things that I, you know, we're trying to put all of those things in the mix as we as we move forward here. So I'm just appreciative that everyone hangs with us and and helps really keep this spread of the virus low. Dr. Mandy Cohen, North Carolina Secretary of Health and Human Services, we do sincerely appreciate your time and insight today. Thank you, Dr. Cohen. Thank you. Great to be with you. Stay well.